Big Fluff. Who do you think you're talking to? Excuse me? I was the president of the Congress of Neurological Surgeons. And I was the man who performed the autopsies on Mike Webster, Terry Long. Your men. Men under your care. Do you know what Mike Webster's wife said? She said that if she had known that Mike was sick, she would have done more for him. But he died in disgrace. Your man, your man, you took an oath. Tell the truth. The truth. Tell the truth. Everybody, I'm Joel Murphy. <laughs> and I'm Andy McIntyre. <laughs> and this is Silver Linings Playback, the podcast where we watch maligned movies and we find their silver linings. And I forgot that clip was in there. <laughs> oh, I'm so glad we were all surprised by that genius Albert Brooks line. Um, we are continuing Oscar bait month, uh, failed Oscar bait month. And uh, this week we are watching uh, the Will Smith movie Concussion. Uh, about uh, the concussion issue in the NFL. And we have with us special guest, Devin McKay. Hello, Devin. How's it going? Hi, everybody. I'm doing good. How are you guys? Good. Good. Yeah. Thanks good. for doing this. Yeah. Thanks for coming on. Of course. I love talking about concussions. <laughs> Me too. Uh, that's some, my favorite. Um, yeah. So this is a movie that uh, did not get any Oscar nominations nor any Oscar victories. And a lot of people thought it would. It's hard to get the victories if you don't get the nominations. I mean, that's... you know, if anyone could find a way, it's it's Big Willie style, though. Yeah, mm. and, and I know too. That we've done this for the the past year. I think this is a fun exercise. So this was the uh, 2016 Oscars. If people are curious, the movie that did win was Spotlight. The other nominated great film, movie. yeah, great movie. Yeah. The other nominated films: The Big Short, Bridge of Spies, Brooklyn, Mad Max Fury Road, The Martian, The Revenant, and Room. And the best actor, uh, not, you know, win that obviously Will Smith was so before it went to Leonardo DiCaprio. Another His first win, yeah. Yeah, long overdue win. So he won for The Revenant. I mean, Leo gave the better performance. It's a great performance <laughs> in The Revenant. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, it's not, it's not like it was not a great performance that won. And Leo has done a lot of great performances and he was in Wolf of Wall Street. So, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, yeah, but I, this is also, I think some of the earliest instances of the Oscar. So white hashtag. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, that is worth mentioning too. that. Yeah. Because the other nominees were Brian Cranston, Matt Damon, Michael Fassbender and Eddie Redmayne. And you definitely had, this was a year that, Michael B. Jordan could have been nominated for Creed. You had like O'Shea Jackson Jr. and Straight Outta Compton. There were definitely performances that got overlooked in favor yeah, of. Yeah. Yeah. And, they, and everybody thought that I remember watching these Oscars and a lot of people thought that Leo's win was in some way correlated to the Oscar. So white, like they were trying to like overshadow it by giving him his first Oscar. That's just. Uh, well, yeah, man, maybe. I mean. 
I immediately like I have more vivid memories of Leo and Revenant than any of those other nominees. I think yeah, they also I, mean, I feel like they gave it to Leonardo DiCaprio for the Revenant because they were concerned. They were like, if we don't give him this movie, he's going to die on the next one. <laughs> what is he going to do next? <laughs> he's going to eat someone's face. Yeah. So it was just out of pure concern for his health that they were like, we better like rein this yeah, in. Yeah. <laughs> I will say uh, Spotlight, though. That's a that's a good film. Like that's it really <laughs> is. It's like if there was a film to get something at Spotlight, and it's kind of like in a weird way. Not that they're covering the same thing, but I think it is comparable to this. That they're both sort of true stories. Like they're trying to find a way to cover this material. Yeah, these like expose. You know, and it is just way more successful than this movie <laughs> at, at its mission of telling that story than this is. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I, I we can talk about it later. We can talk about it later. <laughs> I, I have I just have thoughts about like because I, I I love Will Smith. I I've been watching Will Smith since I was since I was a little bitty lad, and I also love his music and all of that stuff too. Um, but I will say that like I see a lot of similarities in the Oscar movies that he does. Even up to King Richard, like I, I think that King Richard does it a little bit better, but there's like a trend where when I look, when I watch Concussion, I was like, oh, this movie feels a lot like Pursuit of Happiness. Yeah. And then even then I was like, this movie feels a little bit like Seven Pounds. And then that feels like Collateral Beauty. Like they all kind of like fit in the same sort of track and the way that they that they go um and i made a list of things can i tell you about this oh list yeah yeah tell us about the list <laughs> oh my gosh okay so this is my this is my believed list and you can tell me if you agree or disagree with this uh oscar will smith movies all have this in common they start with a brilliant man mm -hmm. who makes a major discovery He's misunderstood by the community of his peers. At some point in the film, he suffers some sort of big loss. Then he gets really good news towards the end <laughs> in which he finds his final happiness. What do you think? That tracks. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That, like you can even fit Ali to that mode, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ali is probably the toughest one to fit into that that uh square peg or round hole whatever but um yeah like that tracks you could also probably add puts on an accent that isn't his own <laughs> that's mm -hmm. not everyone but yeah that's a good oh, amount yeah yeah because yeah. Yeah, like but pursuit that, that of happiness a... there's no yeah yeah but he's not like big willie style in pursuit of happiness well that is <laughs> i mean that's an interesting thing to talk about too because i mean Devin, you said it and i would totally agree like like blockbuster movie will smith like leading man in like the action movies he said i love him so much he's fantastic but like this movie is maybe the biggest example but there's something like when he plays these serious roles i feel like they tend to not highlight the things that i really enjoy about his acting like there's you know mm -hmm. the characters that he plays are sort of this one maybe more than most like are just sort of they're kind of boring compared to what he's playing in you know like the bigger stuff and it just i feel like this movie in particular just doesn't feel like it uses him well it's not what i want from a will smith performance he's he's this kind of like 
quiet, smart guy, you know, again, like you said, he's making these discoveries and he's dealing with bad news, but it's just, yeah, it's not, I don't think it's playing to his strengths as an actor or like what I really enjoy about him as an actor. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like, he's like chasing the high of that one episode of Fresh Prince. <laughs> yeah. Um, yes. But he's, I mean, I think he does good, he does good drama. Um, yeah, it's, it's not bad, but it's just, it's, it like takes away, I think the thing that makes him special as an actor, like he's, you know what I mean? Like it, Ali possibly being the exception, but it's like, it's sort of like you want this, or at least I do like want to like kind of big grand performance by him. And a lot of times he's playing these like smaller performances and the, it's not that they're bad, but it's just. I don't yeah. know. They're not. You know, there's there's a certain amount of audacity that you want out of Bill, out of Will Smith performances, and um, it's not in this movie. Yeah, like, and it, it's it's <laughs> not in Seven Pounds. It's not in Pursuit of Happiness. Um, maybe that's why King Richard is probably the one that he's getting closest to because there is a certain a lot of bombast to uh Richard Williams. Yeah. So maybe yeah. that. Maybe they I, found. I haven't seen it yet, so I can't really comment. But maybe they, that's where they found the sweet spot. I'll also say that. So personally, I, I Ali is my favorite Will Smith movie, and yeah. I, I think mine's that, Bad Boys too. <laughs> that's a good one. That's a yeah. great one. Uh, also, I don't know if I, if you noticed this, but this Oscars exactly this one coming up exactly ten years from when he was nominated for Ali which also was the same year that training day was nominated. So it's Will and Denzel back to back again. (laughs) And in a weird way, this also sort of mirrors that in that I would say that, you know, Ali is his best performance that I've ever seen, but then this is like his best performance that I've seen in a long time. Um, And sort of the same with Denzel, where it's like Denzel was just kind of doing a lot of like the equalizer films, like those sort of action the films. Book of Eli. Yeah, like stuff like that for a while. And then he decided to just up and do uh, the like this amazing Shakespearean drama, which he was trained in, you know, he was like classically trained in that sort of stuff. And he he came out and he was amazing at it. Um, yeah, he is, I, he is great in the tragedy of Macbeth. Like I, I, have, I haven't seen King Richard yet, but I did see that. And like, yeah, it's I as a whole, I was kind of thrown off by that movie. Just like it was OK, like aesthetically. But he is the reason to watch that movie for sure. Like I loved Denzel in that movie. He's fantastic. Yeah. Um, and I think that with with Ali, you were talking about it, Andy. He does bring that sort of character. You know, he brings that that larger than life personality that Muhammad Ali was. Um, but then you also get. Uh, these moments of intimacy. I always notice in that movie that when whenever he's in front of a crowd, he's this loud, like he's you know he's yelling at people. He's he's, he's the character. Like, yeah, he's a character. But then whenever he's not in front of it, like when he's with his family or if he's jogging or something like that, he's very introspective. Like he's very like you know to himself. So he walks a really good balance. And I think uh, Michael Mann. That's Michael Mann, right? Yeah, yeah. Michael Mann. I think found a really found the way to utilize Will Smith at his best in that film. So, 
Yeah, no, I I do wish he had won for that, honestly. Like, and I love Denzel Washington, but yeah, like I I don't know, like that performance, yeah, of all the Will Smith performances, I yeah, would have been nice. It's it's definitely like it's yeah. definitely his best work. Um, and Ali's a really like, I think it gets a little long at times, but it's a great movie. Yeah, it really mm-hmm. is. Yeah. Um, and yeah, this this one this movie isn't. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think like. This movie, I was really trying to sit with it. It feels very TV movie to me. Like, I, I don't know exactly what I mean by that, but it's just, it doesn't quite feel like a big Hollywood production. It feels kind of small and like they didn't have a huge production budget that it's just mm-hmm. sort of like it's telling the story, but it's kind of just hitting beats. There's not a lot of flair to like the way it's filmed or anything. It's just, I don't know. Yeah. TV movie was definitely like the vibe that I, I would even say that. Uh, kind of about pursuit of happiness like (laughs) pursuit of happiness has a bigger budget but yeah they're kind of like let me tell the exact moments of this person's life leading up until you know we get to the end where i'll just like explain some more stuff in credits yeah (laughs) right um yeah 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 it's weird i i I know uh andy you didn't you haven't seen king richard yet but i would say the difference between this movie and king richard and well king richard and all of the other ones that makes it a little bit better is that he doesn't it, it seems like you know his ultimate goal isn't to be successful or to be liked in my in my opinion and in the movie king richard it feels like he he's all about making sure that his daughters are the ones that are successful even if that means that he is an an unliked character by the end of the film and he does a lot of like shady stuff where like he withholds information from people and you know and he gets in arguments with his wife and and she's been the one that's been supporting him since the get go, but he he'll even withhold information from her, you know, so it's like uh, I, I think that's the change that he needed where it's like he wasn't necessarily playing a good character, which is something that Will Smith has consistently done through his career. He always seems to play characters that are like uh, in some way helping the greater good <laughs> yeah righteous yeah 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 which is funny because that is kind of the denzel washington like training day was the now i'm gonna play this bad character and then they gave him an academy so maybe that is the secret like yeah you- maybe you have to maybe you have to be if you're such a universally recognized good guy that you have to be a bit despicable to yeah but, i mean or you have to eat a bear's liver you know who knows <laughs> yeah. One or the other. yeah i mean you would think that it's just I want to see actors always try for something different, you know? Yeah. Um, And it definitely feels like up until King Richard, he was just kind of doing what was in his wheelhouse. Um, And like you said, Denzel had already passed that by that point. Denzel was like, I'm, you know, I'm going to play this really bad guy and he's going to suffer in the end. (laughs) That's just how it is. Uh, I've never seen a Will Smith movie where he was like, someone that made me hate him and then he like suffered the consequences be that like getting killed or like going to jail or something like that so which i definitely think that's in it like that kind of uh role is in his wheelhouse i feel like like he could play that training day kind of you know like i feel like i'm untouchable the rules don't apply to me like i think he would be good at that like if he was but it's even yeah it's funny because he'll do like suicide squad 
Or he's a criminal, but it's like, uh, but he's a good like he's, a, he's one of the good criminals. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's doing it for his daughter. Yeah, there's still like, yeah, there's no like anti-hero to it. It's just straight like, ah, it's bad circumstance. <laughs> yeah, he's yeah, what, are, what are we? Some kind of suicide squad? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but but yeah, it's funny too. Like to get back to this movie because like that was something that I feel like this film really was not interested. In anything complicated or that might make the protagonist not look good. And I say that like to give an example, because I I was curious watching it where I was like, I'm going to look this up to see what happened. Because there's this big scene. And I know I'm skipping ahead and we haven't talked much about this movie, but that's all right. Trust me, you're fine if you're listening and you haven't seen it. But like his boss is Albert Brooks. And there's like once they start digging in uh, to the case, the FBI shows up and it's like. Uh, they, you know, they're going to haul him away because he's been using public funds for private stuff. And there's a moment where this Will Smith's character is like, you know, he's saying that these charges are drummed up. And then he tells Albert Brooks, you know, don't worry, I'll never testify against you. <laughs> and I looked that up, the real thing, because I was like, did this really happen to the FBI? And it turns out the FBI rated this guy three months before any of the papers were published. So they totally changed the timeline. but also. The character that Will Smith is playing did testify against him in court and then tried to get his job. And it's like, so you sanded away anything that would have made him a more complex character in favor of making him this very like, I always do the right thing or, you know, like, so it's just an example of, yeah, like of just simplifying the narrative to make him as good as possible. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, That's something I think is a big problem with this movie in general is that at some point the filmmakers are like, well, movies are supposed to have tension. (laughs) So we're just going to say this is tense and hope everyone agrees with us. There was a part in this movie where I was like, did this just randomly turn into a thriller? That's what I was going to say. Yeah. The the third act like turns into like, it's implied that his wife is going to be like killed by this car. Exactly. (laughs) Like chasing her home. And she like has a miscarriage. But like, I was just like, why is this? Why is this so serious? Right. Like I said, it tried. I felt no tension from any of that. But it's, but it's like, you're, I I think you're both right in that there's no tension until there's all the, like there's nothing happening. And then all of a sudden it's like the FBI shows up, they're being followed. Like, you know, he's punching a a wall down like, cause he's mad and he's like wrecking his wall in his new place. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I felt nothing for uh, the one football player who was like an, an a-hole early on when his friend oh, was Derek, like, Eric help me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and suddenly well, and he- apparently that is all fabricated for the movie that like none of that actually happened. And the family of Derek Dewerson sued the producers of the movie for making him look like such a jerk. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah, it's it's like it's all so swing and a miss, filmmakers. <laughs> it's all mixed up for drama, and and it's so unnecessary, you know. Um, which, like we said, it it kind of like it's like what is the point if that's the case? Um, like, what are you? What is what is your intention as a filmmaker telling this story if it's just to make this person that you believed was a good person? But we might not have as an audience, like twisting stuff around so that we believe what you believe. Like, that's kind of 
I don't like that. Well, it's also I feel like as a filmmaker, uh, your credibility is important in this. Because, And again, I mean, Hollywood has a long history of based on a true story that's super loose. But like in this case, you're trying to sell the audience on the NFL knew about these concussions and they covered it up and they're the bad guys. And this guy's the good guy. And he has the science and you can't argue with the science. And it's like, if that's the movie you're making, I feel like you're obligated to get the details, right? <laughs> like you can't play fast and loose with what happened. If you're trying to make a case for this guy was right. And the NFL was wrong. And then it's like, but all the stuff we made up, like they didn't actually do the things that they did. The players didn't behave the way they did. It just kind of cuts into the point that you're trying to make. I feel like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 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 uh, it's unfortunate. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it really is just kind of unfortunate. But it goes to show that, like, and and I think it's unfortunate because I think that movie has a good story to tell. Is yeah, oh yeah. They they approached it in a weird way, and then on top of it, kind of being an Oscar bait film which we can tell from a mile away when an Oscar bait film is coming around, especially because <laughs> most of them start showing up around like October, November anyway. Yep. <laughs> and then you're just like, all right, okay, tell me this dramatic story. And it just, it just doesn't, it doesn't land. It didn't land. At least. Yeah. Uh, I, th- I think we got to talk about the accent. <laughs> oh yeah. His, um, his Nigerian accent. <laughs> So uh, there is an anecdote, and I think that uh, Will Smith told this on like the Graham Norton show or something like that. Um, But he was at some event with uh, a Nigerian comedian and the comedian went up to him and said, you know, I I really appreciated that accent you were doing because you sounded like a Nigerian with a concussion. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) Oh, no. And uh, and um. And I think Will Smith was able to laugh because he was the one that telling the story and he was able to laugh at himself about it a little bit. Um, it's not great. No, it's not. Yeah. Yeah. His his wife's, though. Um, Gugum Bathara. Yeah. I, I I thought she was very naturalized in the way she spoke. Um, yeah, I think we'll come back to her when we silver lining <laughs> this. thing. Yeah. OK, OK. Right. Yeah, leave her alone. Yeah, because she was awesome in that movie. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it's, you know, it it definitely feels like they got a bunch of celebrities to play these other parts that felt like celebrity cameos. The fact that it's Alec Baldwin and Albert Brooks and people like that. If you can tell me better casting than Luke Wilson for there for Roger Goodell, I'd love to hear it. He's obviously (laughs) the right. I was so thrown off when Luke Wilson was like showed up. And it's like I'm Roger Dell's like, it's like looking in a mirror. <laughs> Perfect casting. That's me. Uh who else is in that movie? That guy from The Wood is in the movie as the the one that was like, help me. Well and then a, yeah, David Morris, who plays like the the guy that we follow through, the guy who like tases himself, the player. Yeah. Uh it, but he has like weird prosthetics on him. Yeah, like I don't know what's going, on. and yeah, and Albert Brooks has the weird like bald cap. There's a lot of like <laughs> he just wore his costume from out of sight. Yeah, yeah. Some... he just looks like the human version of Nemo's dad. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, a lot of prosthetics in this movie for sure. Um, 
Yeah, the first. Uh, what's the what's the actor that plays the the first one that David Morse? David Morse. Yeah. yeah, yeah, David Morris. Yeah, I felt so bad for him. Like, yeah. <laughs> it was just like he was going down a real pipeline in this movie. And then there's that. I don't know if you felt like this was weird, but like when he goes to visit Alec Baldwin and he's just in the office with all these people and he's like you want to go to sleep, don't you? Like you want to make the, you want the problems to go away. And then he's like sedating him. Shoots him through his clothes. Yeah. <laughs> and then like in the next scene, he, he commits suicide, like the very next scene. Yeah. And I was like, wait, what happened? What's going on? I, I don't understand this. I do think every player death was super jarred in the way that they presented them. Like, like bizarrely just like, here's this guy. Oh, they're dead. Like it just Yeah, and that one guy that was like beating on his wife for a couple seconds. Yeah. Yeah. That was crazy. Um yeah, there was a lot in this movie when you think about it. It there's almost so much in this movie that when I think about how I read five paragraphs at the end of the film when they were trying <laughs> to wrap things up, it it makes me wonder if some of that other stuff was really necessary. Like we we I mean does he bring up every death in his final speech? Cause I feel like he only names three people. Yeah. But we were shown like five people that were killed, I think. Right. And then I was reading to like, they they're combining research that he did with other people too. So some of those five people aren't even people that the real guy actually <laughs> looked yeah, into. Yeah. 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 He, yeah. He just kind of like, I know he talks about the first one and then he talks about the last one. And then maybe he talks about the guy who knew the last guy, but he doesn't talk about the one who beat his wife, even though the wife was in the audience. Yeah. Yeah. It felt like they were, they were missing some parts, I guess, uh, or not everybody was as necessary as you might've thought they were. Yeah. And it might've been a, a case too, where focusing in on the like if you picked three of them but like gave us more of their like it still feels thin on like what we know about them like outside of the last moments of their life like if you actually followed them like david morse we probably get the most of but like the other characters they're kind of in and out in a few minutes yeah because David Morse character, you get the Hall of Fame speech where you kind of see one side of him and then the next scene you see him having degenerated and you can kind of like you can kind of tell that that was intentionally done to contrast where he was, you know, where he was at one point to where he was just a short time later. But yeah, instead um, of like five characters, if you did that with three of them. <laughs> right. And other characters like you just see the one guy like when he starts leading the police on the car chase to lead to his fiery death, which is incredibly jarring. But if we'd gotten to know him a little bit more, you know, there's things like that that they could have done. Yeah. And you see the other guy on the street when he sees his homeless friend. Right. And then he shoots himself in the heart. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The Which, old... That was a real thing. And the same thing with junior Seau, um, intentionally shot himself in the heart so that his brain could be examined for right. the, for the studies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like that was, uh, cause this, I know from the, uh, 30 for 30 documentary about junior Seau, who was always one of my favorite players too. So that was, I was really bummed when I heard that he had, um, killed himself but like but yeah like he in his suicide note he said you know i want you to examine my brain i know something's wrong 
like and that's why that's why he did it that way so like there's a ton of drama associated with concussions in the nfl i think that's the thing is like yeah when we sit here and like we talk about the specific cases and even describing like in the movie it still i feel like sounds more interesting when we're saying it than somehow it's presented on the screen like all of this stuff just feels flatter in presentation than it does to even just say what happened which yeah, is, you mentioned the 30 for 30. I was like, I would like to watch that right? documentary. I feel like the documentary yeah. sounds really good. <laughs> and maybe that's what it needed to be. <laughs> maybe that's uh, maybe this yeah. should have been a, just a documentary. Yeah. Will Smith is uh, Bennett Amalu. Yeah, <laughs> you can like, narrate it. Yeah, just like a documentary narrated by Will Smith. Yep. Yeah. I would have I would have taken that. That would have been fine. Like if he just could have thrown a few ha 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 ha. Yeah. You know, like that would have been. Yeah, he's like, and and after that, he wasn't getting jiggy with it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> um, he could yeah. have described everybody by the place that they were born and raised. <laughs> His settlement from the NFL came on a flatbed. <laughs> um, yeah, he got seven thousand little concussions, and his mom got scared. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> she said, "You're not going to the NFL." You're going home to Bel Air. Um, <laughs> um, can we talk for a second about, I don't know his name, and I don't know the actor's name, but they're very familiar to me because I think he was on a Nickelodeon show. <laughs> the uh, the like lab assistant who was oh, a complete is it asshole. Mike, Mike McDonald? Oh, it was Mike O'Malley. Mike O'Malley. I was like, Mike McDonald. Yeah, he was, yeah. he, was the referee. Yeah. he was the host of Guts. Yes. The host of Guts. That's exactly yeah. what he was. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, just like a complete jerk. The entire film for no reason. I didn't understand it. Well, it comes in hot from the first like autopsy to be like, don't do an autopsy. And it's like, it's literally my job. No, but don't do it. Like, stop. Yeah, it's like, everybody loves this guy. Come on now. What are you going to cut him open? Like, yeah. yes, that's my job. Everybody <laughs> loves this guy. What are you going to do? Figure out why he died? How how dare you, sir? Yeah, he really does just come in hot. Yeah, and then he just like keeps he's like, you're never gonna get the money for your research to figure out why people are dying. It's like what why would you even say that? Like he's he's just this? like he's the wrong kid died character in this movie. Just yeah, like in yeah. every turn and when, just the, like, when the FBI is like escorting everybody out, they do like a slow zoom in on him behind Bennett Amalu. It's just like he's been there the entire time. He was think, the one that called the FBI. One hundred percent. Yeah. <laughs> him off how dare you talk to your dead patients while they're doing autopsies right and while listening to old motown classics (laughs) how dare you who who do you think you are (laughs) (laughs) yeah there's a lot of like like you said I, i i keep going back to uh what you said earlier joel like uh tv movies yeah that, that, yeah that, that feels like the vibe <laughs> no it has it has a very strong tv movie vibe to it i think it's because they spent a lot of their budget on casting and probably well probably ironically licensing footage from the nfl <laughs> like yeah <laughs> probably was not an insignificant like amount of because there is a lot of game footage in this movie yeah, yeah. was there any pushback from the nfl on this film um, apparently the NFL got to do a pass on the edit and I think they they downplayed a few things as I, I think I read something to that effect. 
They called the FBI on the, yeah. the filmmakers. <laughs> Does that happen normally? Like, if you're telling a story about something, can they watch the film before it comes out? I guess I, so, right? Well, Just I'm going to guess. I, it's it, My guess would be that because the NFL is very powerful, that uh, I don't know who released this, but I'm sure whatever studio released it probably also might have interests in like that they have a TV channel that the NFL <laughs> right, or they want to have their movies played during NFL games, their commercials for their movies. Yeah, like I would though. guess that there that that is unusual, but was done because the NFL is a very powerful. <laughs> yeah, they're just a benevolent nonprofit, right? Yeah, right. Totally. It just happens to have a couple people from the tobacco industry in it. No big deal. (laughs) It's interesting to be like, like if they really did have like final say on things, the things that are in this movie, then they're like, oh, that's fine. I don't care. Yeah, they should know we have tobacco lawyers for sure. Like, yeah, (laughs) it was actually we need our fans to know that we have the best tobacco lawyers <laughs> the the nfl watched it and the only thing was that they made them recast the roger goodell role for he's like i want luke wilson like you can say whatever you want but get luke wilson to play me if you don't get luke wilson <laughs> this movie doesn't go <laughs> your other choice bradley cooper <laughs> right and he's busy he's in he was in the big short yeah right <laughs> right he was but yeah, I would um, guess too that some of it there's the stuff with the licensing because you you know when they have like fake NFL teams, so they're probably to get to use NFL footage. Yeah, I was and really teams. happy to see the Miami Sharks and the Washington <laughs> Sentinels and the Washington Commanders, that fake yeah. team. <laughs> that fake yeah. team of the Washington Commanders, yeah. The good old any given Sunday crew. <laughs> All right. Is Willie there Beeman. Everybody loves Willie Beeman. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> uh, is there anything else do we want to pivot like yeah, let's pivot to the silver linings of this movie i think that's now as good a time as any um we we said uh yeah, let's talk about gugu and batha raw because she's fantastic i she's would say she's overcast for this movie in terms of like <laughs> what she's asked to do and how good she is at it like they didn't need to get her but i'm really glad they did i wish she had more scenes and yeah because she's just everything i've seen her in from loki like all the stuff like she's just great yeah Yeah. and i liked the idea and it's kind of it's in his speech at the end the fact that she really liked football i thought was an interesting like facet of the movie i would even dare say um like all of these like Will Smith biopics always do a really good job at casting the wife too. Like that's true. Thinking, yeah. Like Pursuit of Happiness had Thandi Newton and um who was in who was in Ali? It was a bunch of people in Ali. It was like um first it was Jada. I know Jada's in that movie as his right. wife. And Big then <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then uh and then there's Michelet. Is that who it is? There's a lot of people in that movie anyway. Um, and then the the other actress uh, who was nominated this year, um, whose name escapes me on the fly. Um, but you know her. You love her. That's true. We do. Um, but no, I, like, I, I just think. Anjanu Ange, Ellis. Ah, yeah. Well, and I think with with uh, Gugu Mbatha-Ra in this movie, like she doesn't do anything extra. Like it's just very subtle. It's very small, but like she 
gives the absolute perfect line reading for every line she says. Like every scene she was in was, I think, my favorite scene. Like just watching her. Um, like there, there's a really great exchange when um, she's like, "Well, why do you have a TV?" And he's like, "In America, you're supposed to have a TV." And then she's like, "Why aren't you eating breakfast?" And he's like, "I don't eat breakfast." She's like in America, they expect you to eat breakfast and stuff yeah. like that. Just really well delivered, yeah. and just really like she was. Um, and I love Albert Brooks, but I would say those two things really made me happy in this movie. Yeah, whenever she was on screen with Will, I felt like he was doing his best work in that film. Yeah, yeah. Um, just yeah. because he was so good at challenging him um, as an actor. And I would say on the scene that you mentioned, definitely a great scene for me, but also uh the miscarriage scene yeah when he's just like saying i'm sorry like i brought this on you and and you know that felt very very powerful to me that was where i was like okay all right i'm back in it i'm, I'm watching it again. <laughs> all right i'm here again yeah yeah so i i think that that was one of the definitely one of the more stronger parts of that film yeah, and I I feel like yeah, we, everything you guys are saying like that she's so good and their interactions are good that it, it feels like it you get more depth to his character in her scenes that I feel like I understand him better and see more of who the guy is because it's just yeah, it's this different dynamic versus a lot of the other scenes it's just I'm mad that no one's listening or like I'm frustrated that no one's listening <laughs> to me versus I'm mildly perturbed that no one's listening. But yeah, with her, it's like you. Oh, this is a, he's a person and this is how he interacts with the person that he loves. So, yeah, no, I really right. liked those scenes a lot. Uh, yeah. Andy, you mentioned Albert Brooks. I yeah, I love Albert Brooks so much. And he was sillier in this movie than <laughs> perhaps totally made sense, including that clip that I played at the beginning. But I enjoyed it. I stand by it. Yeah, he's great. Yeah. Yeah, he's sort of the uh, comedic relief of the film in a weird way. <laughs> yeah, because he's uh, also the boss, but he is the comedic relief as well. Like, yeah. He, he's a fun boss. He's a cool boss. <laughs> he's a cool boss. He lets you wear t-shirts on Fridays. Um, and steal office supplies. Alec Baldwin. Um, he's fine. Yeah, he's fine. It's weird. Like, I got to be honest. It's weird to watch Alec Baldwin in a movie right now. This is the first thing I've seen him in since the, uh, you know, the stuff uh, on that recent film that he made. Uh, mm, yeah. So, so that's strange. That. Yeah. yeah, I just like it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, obviously, Alec Baldwin's been someone that's been on screens all my life that I'm, I'm very familiar with. But it's just I don't know. I haven't watched a movie with him in it since. Uh, yeah, all of that. So it's just it was like I felt like it was a little distracting his presence in this movie. Well, the thing was like sometimes you can say this about a person and it's a compliment. And I think my opinion on Alec Baldwin, I don't mean it as such, but like it doesn't look like they're acting. You know, like some people you say that about their performance and you mean it's very naturalistic and it feels very real and everything. Like it didn't feel like he was trying that hard in this movie. I don't know. Yeah. And it didn't like, I felt like his character should have had more to it in that he's the guy torn between his loyalty to the NFL and wanting to help these players. But like, yeah, you didn't really see it. You didn't really feel. And they cut that scene too. Like, uh, 
when he goes to the the meeting they just like cut to him uh, to will smith outside and then he's like it was an ambush and it's like i kind of would have wanted to see what that looked like yeah yeah Yeah, especially because we don't feel like we have a good handle on who he is so you want to know what he's like in that room when will smith isn't there like yeah is he does he throw him under the bus is he advocating for him we only have his version of that story so yeah that feels like we missed something yeah another thing that could have like been in the film outside of the five paragraphs at the end (laughs) take away the five paragraphs yeah it's never it's never if you can't sum up in one sentence what happened to everyone then Then you probably need a few more scenes in the movie yes yeah Um, i know we talk sorry go ahead no go ahead Uh, i was making a joke i'll say i oh uh i know we talked about him in the maligned part but i'm always happy to see david morris on screen he's one of my favorite character actors he just had a weird i mean i think he did what was asked of him but it was just a weird use of him i feel yeah. like yeah yeah he was he i i didn't understand his motivation outside of i guess racist like that yeah. <laughs> like, like yeah. was it just like he didn't like africans uh he didn't like foreigners well, it's also it's weird, like from what we see of him. And then there's this shot where he's in the you know, you see him in the room in the like when Will Smith is giving his speech, he's in the crowd. And I was like, why is he there? Like, like oh, he's in Anakin. It's very like he's just one of the people in the crowd. But it's like, was he like a force ghost? He's Anakin Skywalker. <laughs> like he's just watching. Like, I didn't feel like that fit with like everything you're saying. He didn't seem like a good guy. I know that you're like advocating for him. But like, I yeah, it just. It was very bizarre. There's like a blink and you'll miss it three or four seconds of him in the crowd shot, like sitting there. Right. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. And they don't do that with anybody else. Right. Like I don't think was... so. Maybe I missed the other people, but I only really caught <laughs> it. Like they were all there. You couldn't see every <laughs> single one. Uh, yeah. Um, What's a what's a good thing about? I feel like I'm dragging when I'm. Trying I mean, to I think I think this movie did raise some awareness about concussions as a major issue. Probably not as much as it intended, but <clears throat> like this is one of the movies, and this is one of the reasons that CTE is a phrase that we all know the name of. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I think that there's some import to that. Uh, so I don't think it it necessarily did as much as it probably hoped, but at the same time, you know, like it came out right as the conversation about the dangers of sports like football was coming to light. So it's sort of uh, made at the right time. It's just, I kind of wish it would have been a better movie, but it did raise some awareness. And I think that is an important thing uh, to do because concussions are a bad thing. Don't get concussions folks. Well, yeah. I mean, I think just as a general note, it's a silver lining to the world, which we don't have a lot of these days. But uh, yeah, I think the conversation has moved even from when this movie came out and continues to move towards we recognize like the idea of concussion protocol is a thing in sports now like that, you know, there's uh, obviously there's still flaws in all of it, but there's a lot more dialogue about concussions. Well, because I can say from my personal experience, I got a very bad concussion where I was completely unconscious for more than a minute Hmm. uh, on a Thursday. And I wrestled on a Saturday. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like the idea of like the days when it was like he got his bell rung. Those were the days. Yeah. 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 You know, and whereas nowadays that um, for the better is that if anyone takes a hard hit to the head that they're, you know, sitting out for a significant amount of time. 
Yeah, and because like second impact syndrome is very is incredibly risky, and, and you know an incredible danger. So yeah, and you can see it like uh, Chris Nowinski is a guy that uh, has done a lot of research and sort of got like you don't really see the chair shots in wrestling that you used to see. You know where it was just the '90s are very hard to go back and watch now with the amount of people being hit just by steel chairs, unprotected chair shots to the head. Yeah, so yeah. like yeah, you can start to see. The attitude era. <laughs> <laughs> I that Mick Foley rock match where he's handcuffed. I never want to see again the rest of my life. Like, well, Mick Foley even said, "I don't want to meet the person for whom that's their favorite match." No, no, it's very yeah. upsetting. He's like, it's just brutal. Like as like he's like, I watched it back and like I was like, "Ooh, this isn't like I've done barbed wire death matches and that match isn't okay." <laughs> Yeah, no, that one's really upsetting. But yeah, uh, yeah, it's so weird to think uh, that we had to go through a whole decade of maybe this isn't good <laughs> to get to the point where like people started showing it to other people. Yeah, the the idea that someone had to be like, wait, I think striking a man in the head with a steel chair is probably not a good thing to do. Because I get people talk a lot about wrestling being planned. That's not really a thing that's faked in wrestling. No. It's, uh, yeah, it's, and, and they don't need it. No, it's yeah. definitely, there's yeah. plenty of other things you can do that are damaging to your, your noodle that, you know, look, do you do what seems very realistic and natural? Like take a sledgehammer, put your hand over the end that you hit the person with and then hit them with your hand with a sledgehammer in it. Well, and I think it's just important that, you know, in a match, in a sport where the object is to keep a man laying flat on the mat for three seconds is you put him on the mat and then you take 10 to 12 seconds to climb up to the top rope mm-hmm. to do a crazy flip onto him. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. how you know that he's going to be then down. You know he's going to be down for three seconds. Because if he's down for 12 seconds, he's going to be down for three more seconds after you land on that's top That's just of how him. that works. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it does feel like, um, I know we're kind of branching off from concussion a little bit, but it does feel like the, 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 wrestling of today is more acrobatic based like it's a lot of flips and kicks as opposed to crazy stunts and hitting people with chairs and barbed wire and baseball bats and stuff like that they still do it but just i feel like not as often well there was always like ecw really illustrated the two extremes of that there was either like the luchador you know the the guys who could do lucha libre or the guys who just hit each other with various weapons the fat dudes that hit each other with hard things (laughs) yes yeah yeah Uh, well, let me, maybe this is a good place to, to end, to get back on subject. Like, do you think, uh, because when will this air, this might be airing either right. I don't know if this is right before or right after the Academy Awards, but this will be around the Academy Awards for sure. What do you, what do you think of his chances? Do you think Will's going to win for King Richard? I think he is. I think he's a good shot. I think, I think my personal pick is Andrew Garfield for, uh, Tick, Tick, Boom. But, um, I think I think I think Big Willie style is going to get it. Yeah, I've been saying for a couple of weeks now that Andrew Garfield was my favorite actor of 2021. I watched all of his movies um, was Eyes of Tammy Faye and No Way Home and then Tick, Tick, Boom. Um, but, you know, Will deserves it. I, I, I think at this point he's put enough into the history of film. Um, and he had a New York Times bestseller book this year. Like he's done so much. He's a YouTube star. He just produced a spinoff of his own TV show with his own network. Like I just think that he's 
he's gone above and beyond what the average entertainer should do and uh, he deserves well, and, and he like yeah. for all the he like he's done as much schlock as any actor but the dude is a good actor right yeah 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 and the, yeah I, I guess that that's the most important point it's like it's like outside of his accolades away from acting he's also just a genuinely really good actor <laughs> and performer um it's crazy to think i know they just had the sag awards and he just won his very first sag award oh ever. wow yeah <laughs> <laughs> so it's like you're just like this is kind of insane you know so but uh they're they usually say that the person that wins the sag is the one that also goes on to win the the oscar as well more often than not yeah the, i believe that happened for leo as well maybe. i think so yeah i i bet if you look through it's probably like 75 80 percent of the time right unless you like goof up like um mickey rourke jim carrey (laughs) (laughs) yeah um what did mickey rourke do (laughs) Uh, he so when he was up everyone expected him to win for the wrestler uh he decided to actually do stuff with wwe and they felt that that hurt his chances of actually winning the oscar and so sean penn got it for milk which is also a really funny, like when we talk about the NFL being involved, the WWE wanted nothing to do with the wrestler because they felt like it painted wrestling in a negative light until they saw how popular it was. And then we're like, you know what? You want to come do some stuff with us? Yeah. <laughs> you want to be a WrestleMania, Mickey Rourke? <laughs> um, I know that. I know the one with, with Jim Carrey. He was supposed to win for Truman, Truman Show, Show, I think. I, I he think did. he's great in that. He, I think he did win for Truman Show, and then not the SAG. No, he won the Golden Globe. He didn't win the Oscar. He might have won the SAG award. I don't know. No, yeah, he won. He won the SAG for. I think it was the SAG that he won for Truman Show, and then everyone was like, "Oh, you're like, you're obviously going to win the Oscar this year." And then when he gave his speech, he his speech was, uh, "This is so amazing. This is great." But you all know what I really want, and then oh. that like they were like. Uh, (laughs) because he didn't even get nominated for best actor for uh truman show oh wow he said he didn't get nominated he did not he did not get nominated for it yeah yeah, i think i think it really i think it really hurt his chances um well we talked about at the top that you know it's hard to it's hard to win an, an award you're not nominated for it's also it's it works the other way because like Kristen Stewart has that vibe of like I do not care like if you, when she's asked about it, she's like I'm not really worried about Oscars and then they nominated her you have to seem like you don't want to win and right. then <laughs> and, and then that's yeah. how you that's how you that's the secret folks that's the secret just uh, be Kristen All Stewart I, know I have not wanted to win an Oscar once in my life and never where's my nomination yeah I'm in it for the potty awards like that's why we're. <laughs> The potty awards. I, I assume <laughs> that's trying a, that, to get slime. That's all I want in my life. Do they still do that? Do they still do? Do they still slime people at the at the, the Oscars? I think so. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they slime you, then you get a moon man. It's a whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's a whole thing. I think that's um, that's what we end so, on. So we're in agree. We think he Joel. Did you say you think he's got? I it think this I, year? like I feel good. Yeah, like I I can't think of who would I think would beat him. Like I think I think he has a good shot. And yeah, I, for all the reasons you said, like I think it they, because the uh, the Academy loves um, you know a, a makeup Oscar or like a make good Oscar. So I think like a. I could definitely see the like, you know, sort of lifetime achievement Oscar. Vibe I mean, that's yeah. why John Wayne has an Oscar. 
<laughs> so no, I think he has a good shot this year for sure. Uh, and yeah, like, I certainly hope that he does. Like, yeah. Yeah. You don't think uh, Denzel is scary this year? I mean, I really loved him. I think that movie though, like, I don't know. Like it's, I don't like, it doesn't seem like it has the right kind of buzz. Like, I think he has a really flashy performance, you know, like a really showcase performance, but yeah, I just don't think it has that like Oscar, you know, sort of momentum that it needs. Yeah. I could agree with that. It, it's, uh, it played in a lot of like art house theaters and then it was on Apple TV but then also King Richard, I think, just played in regular theaters and then it was on HBO Max. So kind of the same trajectory. But I did hear a lot more people talking about King Richard. Yeah, than I, did. yeah I think that's King Richard had like an extended sort of period of like, yeah, buzz. And, and plus, like you have the the Williams sisters like talking about it, and how much they liked it. You know, like, I think I don't know if it, it feels if it, it feels like it has that good feel good vibe to it that you need. Or, you know, I don't know, but these Oscars are weird. Like, I really can't get a grip on, like, best picture. It feels very open this year. Like, yeah. I don't feel like there's a strong contender. Who's, who's in best picture this year? Uh, I mean, there's, like, there's 10 of them that, like, this year. Dune, actually, Way of the Dog. Yeah. Uh, there's, oh, yeah. like, Coda, it seems like it has some buzz lately, you know, the, which is, that's, like, the Apple... Uh, one, but yeah, it's uh, Drive My Car, You Said Power of the Dog, Licorice Pizza, Dune, Nightmare Alley, West Side Story, Belfast, Don't Look Up, and King Richard. I could see, I could see West Side Story pulling something. I think it it has that Hollywood loves itself, <laughs> so it loves like musicals, like it, Spielberg doing like a tribute to classic Hollywood film movie. Yeah, is is definitely not not a bad guess for. Yeah, that that just kind of feels like it's a setup for for an Oscar. Um, even and, though, you know Spielberg finally getting his due, you know, if yeah. we can finally recognize that guy, you know, he's an unsung. Small filmmaker for all these it's years. Just been on the the outskirts of the Hollywood elite for so many years that I've been telling. Every time I see someone who likes film, I'm like, "You got to check out this film that's like super small. No one really saw it. It's called Jaws." And they, <laughs> oh my god, I'd same. Nobody like... watched Jaws. I don't get it. You got to see Jaws. It's 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 the best indie film I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> all right, um, I. I think, I think we did it. I think we did it. Yeah. Um, Devin, is there anything you want to plug? Is there anything you want to point people towards before we get out of here? Uh, <laughs> um, no, not really. I guess uh, I always just tell people to check out my Instagram. It's uh, D'Angelo on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, that's D-E-E-A-N-D-J-E-L-L-O, like the commercial. <laughs> um, and... Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess I, I can't I can't say anything about it, but I I did just I was just in a movie. Oh, <laughs> I can't say anything about it. Um, but yeah, I was in a movie. I probably have like a whole scene uh, and it should come out in theaters January 2023. 
Is it? I know you said you can't say anything, but like, is it? Is this like a big production? Like, is it indie yeah, or is it like it's yeah, big? Yeah, it was like yeah, it's a it's a big old production, and mm-hmm. I'm I'm like such a small part in this movie. Yeah. Like, I'm I'm the tiniest part in this film, but uh, I was in it and I got to speak a bunch. That's exciting. Uh, yeah, that's yeah, awesome. Yeah. yeah. So maybe you know someday you'll. So this be... is gonna seem like a really big get ten months from now. <laughs> yeah 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 it's like yeah something like that can i sorry can i can i ask to now i'm i know we're trying to wrap up but now i'm really curious like was this shot during like covid protocol right so like how was that like um it i it's hard to say so i i just shot this like probably a week and a half ago um and covid protocol on like big film sets is kind of what you'd expect it to be you know like everyone's masked up um they some some people still go for the face shield you know um and they just like always keep it in priority so the people who belong in the room are the ones that are in the room but there's just so many this was my this film was also my first time ever being on like a sound stage oh wow um and there's just like so many moving parts all the time you know there people are walking through every time uh, whether like they're setting up for the next shot or they're like trying to get stuff together for something that happens later in the day. So um, they're, they're as careful as they can be. <laughs> <laughs> I was just more thinking like, yeah, cause it, it would be super exciting to be a part of a big budget production, but then it's like, these days are weird times to, you know, you can't like pop by craft services and hang out and talk to the other. <laughs> Like actors right. and stuff in the normal way. So or can you? Who or you can. No, yeah, yeah. yeah that's that's what I was asking. Yeah, yeah. I don't know the vibe. Yeah, I mean, well, they, like, yeah, you could you could pop over to craft services. Like I said, things have kind of like died down a little bit. Um, they like I want to say I did pre-production testing, or like I tested before I went on set. Like I had to go to a site and get tested. Um. And then it was just kind of monitoring people after that, you know, but nothing super serious. And then they have like COVID safety PAs walking around as well. I also do that uh, too. I'm, I'm working on a film right now as a COVID safety person. So, oh, nice. um, you know, that, that in itself is, is just like a little job where you have to keep everybody safe (laughs) all the time. Anyway. All right. Well, I feel like I'm rambling. But no, that's exciting, man. Like we, yeah, we got to have you back. Like when this movie comes out. Yeah, it'd be super cool. Yeah, (laughs) definitely. All right. Yeah. Hopefully you'll see me in like a Wakanda film too. That's what I want to do. Like getting in a Marvel film. So I'm like, I'm like, I hope. So we know you didn't do a Marvel film. You said too much. I did. It was not. I can tell you for a fact it wasn't a Marvel film because if it was, then I would have been going off the walls. Uh, Or it was a Marvel film, and he's just trying to throw us off. Like I'm, I'm on to you. Oh, I see wearing, what's happening. I'm wearing a Daredevil shirt. So <laughs> the listeners can't see it, but I'm, I'm the new Daredevil. <laughs> it's a really small part. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's just a small part. He's the big Daredevil. I'm little Daredevil. <laughs> Daredevil. Cool. Well, thanks for doing this, and uh, check him out on the Instagram and the Twitter, and and we'll keep baiting Oscars next week. There you go. Silver Linings Playback is a production of HoboTrashCan.com. If you enjoyed the show, please rate or review it on Apple Podcasts. 
Hear more great shows on the Peak Sloth Podcast Network, like this one. Hey guys, it's Sean. And Carter. From Potato. Salad. Marmalade. Aid. 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 Potato Salad Marmalade. Another podcast here on the Peak Sloth Network. Check it out.